Thank you for never failing, great God. And everybody said, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, let's give God a big hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank God. What a wonderful God we serve. It's good to be in his house. Everybody said amen. amen. All right, if you have a Bible this morning, we're going to take a look at God's word. day. Makes you glad you're alive and got the Holy Ghost. And uh, looking forward to that beautiful time when the Lord shall return for his church. Everybody said amen. In 1 Corinthians, Chapter 15, going to look at verse 1 of chapter 15. Who was inspired to say, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. Sharpening up your memory is where we want to work this morning for a little while. Sharpening up your memory. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. They do claim that every day, probably every second and minute and hour, of every day, that there is uh, a death in your head. <laughs> the thing about brain cells is that they die and they do not regenerate. Uh, consequently, some people to greater and or lesser degrees suffer from some form of dementia. There are different categories of it. It was recently, it was pretty big news in the newspaper of a coach who had achieved some fame, a woman coach, who had achieved some fame in the college ranks. And uh, at the tender age of 59, she developed dementia to the point that 
she and those around her recognized that something was wrong. And uh, consequently, she had to make some adjustments in her life. And I, if I read it right, I believe maybe she lived two, two years longer before she, I think they send you to the, the death house, that's hospice. And when they send you there, it pretty much means they're going to help you to move on. And, uh, and that's what happened with her. But it was, uh, as I said, I believe she was Alzheimer type. And uh, all because there's a death going on. There's, there's brain cells dying and they're not regenerating. We live in a world that uh, people find themselves more and more as age advances. You know, you get past 21. I think after 21, it all starts going downhill, slowly but surely. <laughs> but it uh, has a way of being on the decline, shall we say. And uh, so it seems to be a battle and a struggle to keep moving forward. And uh, as you attempt to move forward, then you one of the things that you like or would like to try and work on is the sharpening of your memory. There's a lot of psychology involved because, you know, if you forget one little thing, you can panic. And uh, I kind of feel like we live in such a busy world and the demands uh, are on the population that people find themselves struggling to remember everything they feel like they need to remember. And I think a lot of it is really just very normal because of an overload. Because again, there's such a tremendous weight that comes upon us as individuals of things that looks like we need to remember. And uh, I know you can go through the course of a day and look back and realize, you know, I oh boy, I meant to do that and I forgot. Or I overlooked this or I missed that or what was I thinking and maybe I wasn't thinking. I find that uh, personally that going from point one to point two or location A to location B and uh, it's easy for me to, time I get to location B, I've forgotten why I was even heading there because I have a thousand thoughts that have raced through my mind in route from one room to another. And uh, so by the time I get to the second location, I'm so far past where I started at in the first location that I have a tendency to just not remember what it was all about, what the fuss was all about, and what the hurry was all about, and what the concern was all about. 
And again, I think it's that overload. I think it's so many things that we are trying to cram in to a moment. And everybody said, praise the Lord. Somebody said, of all the things that I've lost, that it's my mind I miss the most. <laughs> and mind is a terrible thing to waste. And I am saying to you here that the Apostle Paul was inspired of the Holy Ghost. And I'm very thrilled for the different things that the Bible outlines that the Holy Ghost benefits of the Holy Ghost. One of them being, for an example, that uh, he said, I'll bring all things to your remembrance. Well, I did read about a guy one time. He was actually from Russia. And he couldn't forget anything. Nothing. Even to the point, though, that it was very minute details. Uh, kind of acted like it could almost drive him crazy. The minuet, the smallest details. <clears throat> the mind has a way of dealing with things when it's balanced and operating in its normal function. But just as you can go to an extreme of maybe not remembering too much of anything, you can go to the other extreme and remember too much of everything. And so it's important. It's very important to have balance. And this world that we live in is prone to being out of balance. We want to, you see people that get involved biblically, and I've seen them get very out of balance, very, very mixed up, very extreme, whether left or right. I'm glad the Bible does teach balance. And I do know that the enemy, he, in the Old Testament, for an example, one of the tactics was to cut off the thumbs of your enemy and the great toe of your toes of your enemy. And that way, the big toes being gone, you affect the balance. And the thumbs being gone, you affect the ability to grip and uh, take a hold of things. Now, the apostle said here, and please pay attention, because how did we get here? How did we get? the teachings of 1 Corinthians, for an example. Corinth was a, just like saying Belgrade or any city in the Tri-City area. It was an area, city, place where people were. And they had their families and their generations. And they, what was it that Jesus coming through a place that he said he must needs go and in going through there, as the disciples had a tremendous call to visit McDonald's or Burger King or Popeye's or something. And uh, while they went off to get the grub, uh, Jesus had come into the town that he said I, he felt such a burden and such a need to go through there. And he was walking, 
when the Bible teaches in the days of his flesh, he was wearied with his journey. Must have been a little bit of a hike. And he came and he sat on the well of that particular city. And in doing that, the Bible teaches that there was a, a woman that came to the well. It was kind of a common thing for her. And as she's coming there, she's going to draw water. It was kind of centrally located, these wells, or the city actually built around it because, of course, it was a tremendous source of water. And uh, here's this woman, and she comes, and Jesus speaks to her, which was very uncommon, him being Jewish and her being non-Jewish. And she even advanced the point that, how is it that you talk to me? For the Jews have no dealings with people who aren't Jewish. Even Jesus said that to his disciples when he sent them out, giving them power over spirits and diseases. And he told them, don't go in the way of the Gentiles or the non-Jewish. He said, but you go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Everything has to have a beginning place. It is written in your Bible, in the beginning. And so, as they, Jesus comes and begins to talk to this woman as he sits at the well, that uh, she notices this rather stark contradiction. And he tells her, he said, you know, if you realized who was talking to you, he said, you'd ask me. You would ask me for some water that I could give you. I always like the emphasis of the word give because, you know, God is a giving God. He's a giving God. He's longing to give things to people that they couldn't otherwise get. You can't get it at the mall. You can't get it in catalogs. I don't know of any place that you could purchase with money. It's written in the Bible. Come and buy without money. Everyone. There's no exceptions. And everybody's invited. Everybody is to be included, even though it had a beginning place with the Jewish. Because it is written, salvation is of the Jew. But that beginning was going to make it possible for everybody. Because it is written, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave that flesh as a sacrifice that whosoever believeth in him, therein's the challenge to believe in him, and to do it by the scriptures, not by what you get up that morning and feel like it ought to be, but that you'll learn to, your guidelines, your boundaries, would be the scriptures. 
who believe on him as the scripture has said. So Jesus is visiting a place, talking to an individual, witnessing, felt a great burden and need. And finally, he really just put the pedal to the metal as she tried to talk about the well and whose forefathers came to this well and all of that, kind of throwing out the pedigree. I hit the pause button for a minute. That would remind you of them coming to John the baptizer as he's baptizing people, people coming from all over until he, his eyes fall upon this group, this preacher that's come out of the desert, chomping on locusts and wild honey, has a leather belt, evidently rather gruff and, and crude. And he looks at these people and he says, and who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. And he said, don't you think within yourselves that we're, we're of Abraham. We got quite a pedigree. Don't you know who our family is? Our family tree? He said, don't, don't even think about going there. He said, because God is able to raise up of the stones children unto Abraham. You know what? That's just what God did. That's just what God did. God said, you go get the big head. You get exalted. You start thinking you're all that, trusting in yourself and your pedigree. No wonder the, the apostle Paul got inspired of the Lord one particular day. Got a little indignant himself. And said, lo, I go to the Gentiles. They'll hear me. And God said, my hands are outstretched, figuratively speaking. And I'm reaching. I tried all day long to reach you. I tried all day long to get your attention. I tried to give you. But you would have none of me. You're too busy running here and running there. Your mind getting overloaded with the things of this life. You know, if you're in the battle, if you're in the war, if you're trying to be a part and a partaker, if you're trying to get involved, the Bible said you're warring a good warfare, then you do not entangle yourself again in the affairs of this life. You just don't get all bogged down. You don't want your mind to get overloaded. Is it not written in Luke's account? He said, oh said, what's going to happen? 
with people that are not able to endure what's coming upon this generation. He said, because their hearts, that's not this. Now, this will get affected by this getting overloaded. There's no doubt about that. Many a heart attack comes from stress and uh, an overloaded spiritual heart. Men's hearts failing them for fear of looking after things that are coming upon the earth. He talked about surfeiting. That's not grabbing a board and heading to the waves either. That's talking about an excessiveness, over-involvement, a life busy about nothing, unimportant things. That Hollywood and advertisers and media, if you get involved with that, will program your mind. And make you think you just can't live without certain things. It's best that you wake up. It's best that you realize that if you're going to be delivered, if you're going to be saved, and that's what the apostle was talking about here. As a matter of fact, if you're going to stay saved. He said, then there's some things you're going to have to keep in memory. You're going to have to sharpen up your memory. You're going to have to file it a little bit. You're going to have to decide what's really important. What's really important. Paul said, moreover, brethren. Well, got to write to them. Felt led to write to them and deal with them because there was challenges. The church that Jesus was telling the woman about was explaining to her, giving her, trying to give her an insight to the very most important thing. Trying to tell her about the gifts of God. Trying to tell her about the Holy Ghost and fire. And in so doing that, she was having trouble comprehending and understanding what he was saying. And he was trying to, what the Bible say, here a little and there a little. He was trying to break it down. Get it to where she might understand. And uh, consequently, she began to get through on some level with her as he talked to her. And she said, well, give me this water, but I won't have to come back here and do this again. I won't have to find myself like a hamster going around, 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 and never getting anywhere. 
in life, you can get caught up in very common and ordinary things that really are leading nowhere that are to any advantage to you. You know, the only real things that are advantageous and that matter and count are the things that you do for Jesus, the things that have spiritual value attached to them. Because remember, he said, the heavens and the earth are going to pass away. He said, but my word is not going to pass away. So he, got, he piqued her interest. And he told her, go, go get your husband. I don't have one of them. And he said, you sure don't. <laughs> he said, you've had five of them. He said, the one you got is not yours. I think the Lord was trying to convince her that he was for real. And he did a good job of it. You know, the church is for real. And blessed is he that is not offended at the move of the Holy Ghost, at God's Spirit working through the church. Believe in the gifts of the Spirit. Believe in the power of God. The many marvelous things that were done during the ministry of the man Christ Jesus, to where people marveled that God had given, the Spirit had given such power. The, the testimony, the display, the love and the concern was so great that Jesus said, Woe unto thee, Shaharazim, little city that dwelleth by the sea. He said, because of the things that have been done here had been done in Sodom and Gomorrah. He said, in the day of judgment, it's going to go better for them than it will for you. He said, because they would have repented have they seen what you've seen and experienced what you've experienced? But somehow or another, it's gone in one ear, not the other with you. Somehow or another, it's not being retained in your knowledge and in your memory. You know, the Lord has done great things, church family. And the Bible said, oh, that men would praise him for his wonderful works. It is comely or beautiful to raise our hands unto God and to praise him and to bless him and to thank him and magnify him.
The Lord has done great things. He's a good God. He's a mighty God. Amen. 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 And amen. And don't you ever forget it. Because the devil wants to wipe it right out of your memory banks. He sure does. The word remembrance is in the Bible. The apostle Peter termed it this way about stirring up your pure mind by way of remembrance. By way of remembrance. Trying to stir up the good things in your mind. To get away from the things that challenge our memory in this world in which we live. We'd like to get it all cluttered up and all filled with, once again, things that just really don't matter, that have no eternal weight of glory attached to them, no significance in eternity whatsoever. The Lord said, you come on, and you can buy of me without money. Money doesn't work here. It's, it's not our medium of exchange. I'm looking for faith. Only believe. Over and over he said that. The day of provocation, when God said they'll not get any of what I've got because they don't believe. It's an insult to God not to believe him. It's like slapping him in the face. When he says certain things going to be, you can bank on it. It's going to be. I had a young preacher he would ask me over and over and over again in starting a new field work, how? Until I got to calling him brother how? Chief, an Indian, how? That's you. <laughs> That's what he always said, how? And I remember telling him one time, I said, the problem with people, especially when they're in an unbelieving mode, in a confused mode, in a caught up in the affairs of this life mode, is that they don't factor in God. God is not in all their thoughts. They're discounting God. They're overlooking God. They're forgetting. Oh, and that was, that was a bad thing, as you read in the Bible. up early this morning, that candy stick of a scripture in Chronicles.
Chronicles, if my people, which are called by my name. Now, you talking about anybody that can lay claim to that, it's us. They had generics. They had titles. They did have a belief in one God. But they didn't have his name. That angel hadn't been dispatched yet. But boy, oh boy, what a day it was when Joseph, being a just man. You know, you don't read a whole lot about Joseph. But what you do read is good. Being a just man. Faced with a, look like to him, a situation that didn't look very promising until God gave him that dream. And that angel came to him in that dream and said, fear not to move forward with my program. He said, and you're going to be a baby. And thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from, not in, but from their sins. You'd be surprised how much significance prepositions can play in the Scripture. Preposition for, he's coming for his church. Preposition with, he's coming back with his church. A lot of significance there. A lot of significance. Not being saved in your sins, because that's not being saved. Being saved from your sins, being delivered from your sins, being pulled out of the burning wreck of your life and all the bad decisions that you've made and the wrong directions you've gone in. The what was I thinking moments. Well, probably you weren't thinking. I know many a thing I did, but I certainly wasn't thinking. I didn't have the right intel. I was like the individual at the well. How can, how can you even talk to me of water? You don't even have a bucket. <laughs> That's what young preacher preached one time. He said, came there with a bucket and went home with a whole well. And he gave her news that she went down the road. I had to tell everybody about come see a man that told me all things. She even said, sir, I, per I perceive that you're a prophet. Well, she was scratching at the surface. <laughs> but he was more than a prophet now, wasn't he, church family? He was more than a prophet. <laughs> Amen. 
Oh, yeah. If only you knew who you were dealing with. Oh, if something could wake up inside of us. Realize who we're dealing with. Whom do men say that I am? Well, you, you're one of the old prophets risen up, or you're John the Baptist, or you're, you're uh, Jeremiah. You know. More. As my wife tells the kids, more, 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 more. You know, more. Every time I read the Bible and I've read more, <laughs> Kind of gigger and say, look, right there, more, more, more. And uh, oh yeah, he was more. He wasn't just one of the prophets, church family. He certainly, he certainly came, chose to come at the end of a long line of illustrious prophets, men and women, that stood for God. Endured many a thing. But they, they rejoiced to know that he was coming. And they would have rejoiced a whole lot more had they been there to be in his time. I know the people of that sat in the land of darkness, they certainly rejoiced when great light sprung up. Oh, man. Hope came walking down the road. When people began to believe, it had been a good long, probably four centuries of no hope. No word from God. That's a bad situation, not hearing from God. And it can, got to be careful, because it can get mighty quiet on that front if you go to ignore him, if you stop praying, if you miss church, you can get mighty quiet. And you'll, you'll wonder where he's at. You'll start wondering, why are you hiding from me? Might be the other way around. It was the voice of the Lord seeking out Adam and Eve. And they said, well, <laughs> we're over here. Well, what are you doing over there? Well, thus and so and thus and so. He said, yeah, how do you know that? Maybe you're meddling with things you don't need to be meddling with. Maybe you're involving yourself with things you don't need to be involved with. Maybe you're ignoring what's really important. I come to talk to you every day in the garden of the cool of the day. I'm faithful. And I find that you're not. Well, you know, we, kind of sounds like us, we have a tendency to mess things up. We have a tendency 
in this time and day when we live to get in the flesh and to, as I said, get so busy about nothing, something that we're just being deceived over that it's important, and we wind up ignoring the important things. We lose that focus. And uh, we've got to remember the Scripture said, awake to righteousness. It kind of makes you think somebody was sleeping. Awake, wake up, get your mind awakened. Sharpen up that memory of all the things that God has done. Call to remembrance. Make that call. It is written, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The world doesn't know what that means. The religious world don't have the understanding of what that means. They'll quote scriptures. They'll talk about scriptures. They don't have a clue what it means because they don't have the revelation. They don't have the light. They don't have the sense. They don't have the understanding. They don't know how to be born again of water and the Spirit. Oh, they can talk words and they can quote things. But they don't really have the knowledge, the wisdom, the light. But the church does. And Jesus sitting there representing tells this woman, and she takes off running, telling everybody, bringing back a crowd, stirring them up. People came. They wanted to find out about this. And uh, even the disciples came back and chomping on the fast food and Jesus is telling them, I've got something better. And they were like in disbelief, better than Big Macs? No way. And, uh, and then they got a glimpse of the crowd. People were interested. There's a lot more people out there interested than you may think. There's certainly an awful lot of people out there hurting, whether physically or mentally or spiritually. People are hurting. People are confused. People are scared. People are going in circles. That's what happened to Elisha. He was following Elijah, and they were in that place called Gilgal, which is a place of continual revolution, going around and around and around and around, just like that hamster. And the leader said, we've come past this mountain long enough. Time to move on. And uh, so they got off the treadmill. You know, if you listen to leadership, you can, you can get off the treadmill of, of this life and 
get away from the mundane, ordinary, boring things of this life. And you can find out about the things that really matter. You can, the light can come on in your darkened mind and world and brighten things up for you. The light can shine and show you how it really is, help you to see things that you aren't seen. I'm sure everybody's had some kind of experience from time to time of stumbling around in the dark, stubbing your toe or banging your shin. You finally get smart, turn the light. My wife threatened to get some slippers that have headlights in them. <laughs> I finally said, I'm going to go buy a, a little $1.99 nightlight brighten up that area of the night you have to go into sometimes, try to shine a little light on the situation so we don't have those smash-up derbies <laughs> in the wee hours of the morning. And uh, Jesus did say that we ought to work while stay because he said the night's coming when nobody's going to be able to work. That we've got a short little period of time here. We've got an opportunity, first and foremost, in our lives, for ourselves. We've got a time of salvation, a day of salvation. We have a real heavenly opportunity. And as the church moved on affecting people, as Jesus would not be deterred, he would not turn right, he would not turn left, he would not be distracted, he went to Jerusalem, full well knowing what awaited him there. When he got there, it went just like as he knew it would. It was appointed unto him. And when he got there, then the scriptures were fulfilled so that you and I might be saved and others. And as he gave his life, his back to the whip and his life on the cross, and shed the blood of God. And as time began to tick by, and it hit that 72nd hour to the second when he came out of the grave, stone was rolled away, mission accomplished, Then he began to show himself alive with many infallible proofs. This is infallible. This is not going to fail.
Knowledge is going to fail. Tongues are going to cease. A generation and a dispensation is going to pass. But what he has ordained is never going to pass. Believe in it. Trust in it. Hope in it. Believe in God's church. Jesus told them that repentance and remission of sins was to be preached in His name. That name is Jesus Christ. That's what the angel said, and I believe it. And he said, you go and wait. Put the brakes on in your life. Hang some things on a nail. Determine that you're going to remember why you're going from point A to point B. That you're not going to let a bunch of other things come in there and crowd that out, push that out. You're going to sharpen up your memory. About 120 of them remembered. In the midst of the crowd, family, friends, co-workers, lots of different people that had so much to say. Voices of criticism. I was telling somebody, because I remembered about it for some reason, but there was a time when we had 156 children in our academy, which was way too much, and especially since they weren't in the church. But they got a good witness or two and Bible study taught to, and they got something in their lives that they wouldn't get much anywhere else. But I remember a mother coming and telling me, she said there was a man over in South Bay and she said, he was really running you down. And she said, I was listening to him. Until finally I said, do you even know Pastor Feld? And the man looked at her and he said, no. <laughs> That's people for you. A lot of people in that crowd, above 500, that had a lot of things to say about Jesus. Negative things, bad things, critical things. Contrary things, just like they did when they cried out and screamed out, crucify him. And there's the, the head of the whole place saying, I've already examined him. I, I can't find any fault. I, I'm just going to let him go. I've got provision. The law provides. At this time of the year, this feast, I, I can let somebody go. And I find no fault in him. And they, they cried out, crucify him. They, they said, we'd rather have a murderer and an insurrectionist. Give us Barabbas. Well, he said, well, what am I going to do with this? They said, crucify him. Because there were those that got in among the crowd. 
there were those that they gave their ears to and their minds to, their hearts to. And they incited them to riot. And so they crucified him. Of course, had the devils known, they never would have incited those people to riot and do that. Because that third day came around, and that scripture's not going to fail. And he rose again from the dead. And he gave birth to his church. Because there was about 120 that broke free from the bonds of sin and the crowd and the talk and the gossip. And went to the upper room in Jerusalem and tarried there and waited there for the promise of the Spirit which saith he, you have heard of me. John, to baptize you with water unto repentance, but I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. 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 He said, after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall receive power to be my witnesses, saith the Lord. And it came to pass. Of course it did. Because it came from the mouth of the Lord. And no matter how much they called him a liar, no matter how much they called him a deceiver, no matter how much they resisted, because they had dull memories and other things they wanted to do. And some people, of course, get so deceived by the devil that they feel like the only way they can go do what they want to do is to put the church down, fight the church, destroy the church, hate the church. Nah, that's too much. He's too tall. Nah, he's too short. Nah, he preaches too long. No, he preaches too short. He's too skinny. Nah, he's too fat. He's too young. No, he's too old. Have I heard it all? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is there some people you're just never going to please? Oh, yeah. Because the spirit that people yield themselves to is represents death, hell, and the grave. Never to be satisfied. Never to be satisfied. Hell will never be satisfied. But you better believe that he wants you there. Because he's deceived. Because he thinks getting you there is going to satisfy him, but it's not. It's not going to do it. So about 120... They broke free of the shackles of tradition and pride, and sin and rebellion and hatred, deception. They broke free by the grace of God because that's what Jesus came to give. The law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Divine favor. Light sprang up. They began to see it. And they fought their way through the opposition of family and friends. 
people's stories and people's lines and people's persuasions. Just remember what the writer said, this persuasion is not of God. There's lots of persuasions going on out there, but they're not of God. They're not of him that's calling you. You better wake up. You better sharpen your memory. Bible said in one place, did not our hearts burn within us when he spake to us? Get that word. Bring it to the forefront of your mind. Lots of times in the throes of struggle and temptation, they would remember a Bible study. They would remember when he opened to them their understanding concerning the scripture. And it would guide them and help them to forge on, to take another step. There was never any regret about doing that. Never any regret about going forward for God. No, regret is going to be reserved for those that don't believe him. Regret is going to be what an innumerable number of people will do in that place called hell, which is too horrible to contemplate. But sometimes you might want to contemplate it. You might want to think about it. You might want to pray and ask God to help you to have the fear of God in your life. Because you don't need to fear people that say, ah, you don't fit in. You're not cool. You're not keeping up with the times. You're in the stone age. Yeah. Regret will be reserved for them when they have deep, deep, everlasting, eternal regrets. I should have gone to church. I should have responded differently in that situation. I should have believed. I should have listened. Hell is going to be filled with people that won't even remember. Their memories are so dull. They won't even remember what the fuss was all about anyway. What was it I got all upset about anyway? Why didn't I just follow through? Why, why didn't I get baptized in Jesus' name? Why, why didn't I get the gift of the Holy Ghost? Why didn't I give my life to God, why didn't I enjoy the church? Why didn't I get involved? What was so important? What did I forget from here to here? How could I have forgotten? The Lord said many a time through the scriptures about his people that they forgot him. They forgot him. And boy, he, did, he didn't get happy about that. He got upset about it. If my people, 
which are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face. He said, then I'll hear from heaven. I'm all ears. I'm hearing from heaven. You know, it really doesn't take a whole lot to get God's attention, church family. He's longing for you to call upon him. He's not willing. You want to talk about the will of God? He's not willing that any should perish. But he is willing that all would come to repentance. That all would be baptized in Jesus' name. That all would be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That all then would be saved and stay saved. Because his church that he gave birth to in Acts chapter 2 in your Bible, when they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, that number being about 120, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Where are we going to let mama buy? That's mom. Oh, no, we're not. Oh, no, we're not. Jesus filled his own mama with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Everybody said amen. Give God a big hand. Now, if anybody could have slid, it would have been mama. But she didn't get to slide by. You got to be born again, Mary. Water in the Spirit. You hear me, girl? Oh, yes, son, I hear you. I hear you. I'm here. I stood by your cross. I, I broke away from the crowd. You gave me somebody to guide me. You looked right down from that cross and said, woman. Oh, I love when he does that. said, woman, hold thy son. Boy, you know that made the apostle John Feel mighty good right then. And he looked at John and he said, Behold thy mother. You know, he'll take care of you in all your situations if you just believe me. But you just go ahead and get involved with that nasty, dirty, unbelief stuff. You just go ahead and slap God on. Forget about his wondrous works and the many things he's done. See how far you get. You better wake up. If my people, which I've given my name to, they know my name. Oh, brother. He said, then I'm going to hear from heaven. I'm going to heal their land. I'm going to give them healing. I'm going to do so many marvelous and wonderful things. I'm going to cause light to spring up. And I'm going to get rid of darkness. I'm going to give you purpose, eternal purpose. I'm going to give you infallible proofs, proofs that won't fail. Church 
that he gave birth to got the message one day because they got a little preoccupied just having a good time, worshiping, praising, shouting, even when they were beating him and trying to throw him in jail and threatened him not to preach in that name. So what do you think they did? They went ahead and preached in that name. <laughs> and when they came looking for him in a jail cell and they wasn't there, well, somebody said, yeah, they're, they're having a street meeting down, down the street. They're down there preaching in that name. Oh, brother, you can't stop the church. Nobody can stop the church. But that don't mean the devil's not going to tell people that now. He knows. He knows that church is going to dry up and blow away. <laughs> Just another deception, if you're silly enough to listen to it. God's church went forward. They got the message because the Lord gave them a nice little pinch, grabbed them by the ear. Or whatever little persecution arose over a certain thing. And the church got the message, hey, we can't sit around here. We're not supposed to be just living our lives walking up and down the mall. There's better things to be doing. Better people to be hanging out with. broke out. And that's why you have Romans through Revelation. Because the church went into lots of different cities and villages and areas and preached Christ. Philip, just a, not the apostle, just a young man in the church. Taught him how to make sandwiches. Pour Kool-Aid in ice cool. Take care of people that had a little bit of complaint. Trying to help them out, make them feel better. And they, next thing you know, the Holy Ghost through the church is sending that young man that's gotten trained, gotten a little older, showed himself trainable and teachable and wanted to be involved in what the work of God is and what the body of Christ is about. And so he goes down to Samaria, preaches Christ, preached Jesus' name, baptism, baptized everybody, even the sorcerer, even the, the drug dealer. Albeit his heart wasn't right. He was an experienced evangelist, and anything that even walked, looked, he was going to baptize it. <laughs> but the church, in operating and doing what it does, sent down two of the experienced elders and men, apostles. Never read of one crossword, no attitude with the young man. 
welcomed the apostles, who when they got there saw only that they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's good, but that's not enough by itself. Born of water, but you've got to be born of the Spirit, the Spirit. Lots of people got a spirit, but it's not a Holy Spirit. <laughs> they begin to pray for them. Holy Ghost begin to fall. Pretty soon there was a, a church there in different places. Great light was springing up. Hence, we wound up with a congregation in Corinth. And as that congregation grew, the Spirit of the Lord ministered through the visible head of the church, being the Apostle Paul, the visible head of the congregation. And he said, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you. That's how you got here. That's how you got here. Because I've preached this to you. I preached to you the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection, repentance, water baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And he said, which also you have received. You didn't reject that. You received it. And wherein you stand. That's why you're able to be here and live for God. That's why you're not swept away in surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this life, the excessiveness of this life. That's why you're not all caught up in the wrong things, chasing after the wrong things. That's why he said, he that endureth to the end to the end of the temptations. Yes, you're saved from sin, the devil, and the world when you're born again of water and spirit. Acts 2.38, John 3.5, yes. There's some people that are so out of balance, they don't even have that understanding. Now, I'm talking about people that are supposed to have this truth. And they'll say, nobody's saved until. That's not true. Now, I may not be saved out of great tribulation because I'm not in it yet but it's coming and if I'm alive when it gets here I sure want God to deliver me from it but I'll have to endure it now won't I hence he that endureth to the end the same shall be saved or be delivered from that which you're going through everybody said amen so he said moreover that which you've been preached to and you've received, you stand. He said, by which also you are saved. You are delivered. But he said, it's if. Everybody said if. That word if is in the Bible over 9,000 times. If you are, if you, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you believed in vain, unless it becomes worthless, unless you Chuck it out. If you forget, we don't want to be among that group that have forgotten God. 
So I'll tell you something you want to remember while you're remembering God. You remember that his mercies are new every morning. That's a good thing to keep in mind. <laughs> Let me remember that. Let me remember that. Let me remember it's getting late. Okay. Thank you. Everybody said praise the Lord. Sister Stephanie always does that for me on Sunday morning. She brings her class in and that's telling me it's time. <laughs> For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures. That's right, according to the Scriptures. We're going to do things in conclusion, church family. We're going to do things according to the Scriptures. We're going to be balanced. We're not going to, we're going to get a grip on chapter and verse, on the subject matter, on the teaching of the Word of God. I told you, I think, I had a very unexpected visitor. I treated him royally, but he crossed the line. So finally, I ended the meeting in a public place. I just said, this meeting is over. And I stood up and I said, I will not go against my pastor. And that ended that. And as far as I'm concerned, it's over. It's over. I'm not going out of balance for anybody. I'm not crossing Scripture for anybody. I don't plan to go against God's great glory and His grace and His will and His love for anybody. People can make their, and they do, their own choices. People can get forgetful, and they do. But I'm preaching to you about sharpening up your memory. Sharpen it up. Get in the book. Come to church. Get away from the crowd. Get in the Holy Ghost upper room experience. And they did. And when they left the upper room, they went down to the street and they preached Christ. You flip a, a page and you, well, on that very page, you read about the Spirit adding 3,000 to the church. There's a plenteous harvest, church family. Be an optimist. Be a believer. Don't get drugged down. Don't give vent to negative, depressing thoughts. Don't entertain the devil and his junk. You believe God. You trust God. You obey God. You believe in God. You believe in the church. You believe in the gifts of the Spirit. You believe in the great gift of the Holy Ghost. And everybody said amen. Let's stand. Everybody said hallelujah. Let's give God a great big hand. Ushers, get ready. Everybody say, God bless the offering. In Jesus' name. Amen.